welcome to the fourth episode of the Academy for the Performing Arts Tech Talks. Thank, Thank you, you for coming to our Tech Talk. Today we are interviewing Academy alumni of the class of 2010, Nick Highland. Nick Highland is an NYC-based Broadway actor. He was in the original company of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in San Francisco and is now joining the Broadway company for their fourth year as an offstage swing. Well, hi, hello. Who are you? My name is Nick Highland, and I'm in the Broadway cast and company of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. I am an Academy graduate, OG class baby, and also a graduate from Shaker Heights High School and a graduate from the Chicago College of Performing Arts at Roosevelt. So the first big question we have is what role or roles are you playing in Chris Child right now? I am our offstage swing. So essentially, I cover five tracks. It's all of the male students plus one of the adult tracks. um, And you have to be ready to go on at any moment. I made my Broadway debut last week as Cedric Diggory slash James Jr. Um, And yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, but the payoff is great. And it's really fun to get to, you know, tackle five different roles and um, it's never a boring day, especially in these times of COVID. You said you played, uh, or like are playing Cedric Diggory, right? Mm-hmm. So this is like a very off script question. Didn't he die in the fourth one, like the fourth movie? This is true. This is very true. What, what, what's um, he doing back alive? The thing is, you have to, I don't want to give it away. It's a really cool story. <laughs> it's okay. I can tell if, her later if you don't want to give it away. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's a fantastic secret. Um, and it's it's definitely one that is is worth a read if you grab the script. Um, but I'll just say that this, this show has a lot to do with time. And um, yes, the movement of time backwards and forwards. It's time travel. I figured it out. It's time travel. <gasps> um as a swing do you have a favorite track that you have absolutely honestly i think it is cedric slash james potter because it's it's just like a huge variety you get to do all the choreography you get to you know have sort of this like superhero moment where you are uh a hufflepuff representing and you know, running around on stage with a wand, and it is so much fun. So, yeah, definitely Cedric. Okay. Uh, what is, like, the funniest thing that's ever happened at a rehearsal, like, either as a swing or, like, a normal character or anything? What's the funniest oh. thing? <laughs> the funniest thing? Um, okay. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Because we know we love live theater, lots of things can go wrong. Um, and those are actually the best and most memorable moments. Uh, <laughs> never let them scare you. Um, <laughs> there was a moment when one of the leads, it's like this very dramatic scene, and he was trying to convince this other character uh, who was playing Draco to like listen to his dad, who was Harry Potter. And instead of saying Draco, um, he actually said the other character's real name um, in a live preview. And so everyone was just like, like, what do we do? (laughs) Um, He was like, like, Lucas, listen to my dad. 
And like everyone was like, oh no, but his name is not Lucas right now. His name is Draco. Uh, but it was the most sincere and like beautiful. Like he really meant it. And oh. it came from the heart. So like you were like, oh my God, this was so beautiful. But also that is not his name in the show right now. <laughs> um, you did great, but you also messed it up. Like, Yes, you did great, but you also <laughs> messed it up. But the best, sometimes the best things are happy accidents, happy accidents. Exactly, you know. Okay, so a little bit more for the show you're working on right now. I have to ask, what is your opinion on the fact that the show went from being two parts to one part? Oh, man, that's so contentious because, okay, the two-parter is great. There's so many there's so many details in there that I miss because got, I got to do both because I was in the original SF production where it was still a two-parter. And then after that, once we closed with the pandemic, that's when they workshopped it to be a one-parter. So it's like you, you lose all these incredible scenes uh, between characters that you love uh, that really kind of give the characters more nuance, um, make them out to be, you know, less two-dimensional, and also just included more magic for the show itself. Um, but then you think, oh my God, there's families who want to come to this show and they're paying for two tickets per person. And, you know, once you think about it, you know, there's some families walking away spending like $1,500 just to see one six-hour production. And that's that's really hard to, you know, grapple with too because it's like you want everybody to see as much theater as they can. But how are they going to do that when they're spending $200 per person uh, and in a two-part show? That's so rude of them I to know, make it one part. <laughs> but it's an expensive show to run too. That's the other thing. You know, I would believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So many people. Um. Well, since like you're in a very magical show, yeah. And you know, sometimes we wish that magic was real. I have a little <laughs> off-script question. Sure. <laughs> Sabrina's. No, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if you could change 100% of the Earth's grass into something else, what would it be? Mac and cheese. Who I remember this question, and I remember it involving mac and cheese in some sort of flour last time. <laughs> um. If I could change the Earth's surface of grass into one thing, all right, there's a lot of grass. <laughs> a lot of grass. Um, honestly, I would turn it into as many fruit and veggie-bearing plants as could be because then we could just feed everybody and we'd have done with it. Oh, Wait, that's actually so nice. That is definitely the most... Logical. Yeah, logical answer we've gotten. <laughs> Our other answers were mac and cheese, tulips, and hair. Yes. Oh, hair. That would be so frightening. <laughs> but, like, it would be so itchy. Like, yes. <laughs> okay. So, I have one last question that kind of focuses on what you're doing right now, and that is, as someone who is performing professionally, what is a learning yes. curve you experienced? Oh, wow. Okay, the learning curve... The learning curve for me was this. Look at what everyone around you is doing and copy it to the best of your ability. And perfect it how it would be um, perfected for you. You don't have to exactly do what they do, but really copy who is around you. 
rise up as much as you can to that level of professionalism or wherever you think that is um, and perfect it for you. Uh, for me, that was really getting, you know, figuring out how I can track five people because oftentimes they, these five characters are on stage at the same time, doing choreography at the same time. And you have to know where every single one of them is all at once their traffic, you know, their backstage traffic and, and how you can record that in a way where you're going to be able to recall it later on when you do have to get that call like mid show and they're like, so-and-so hurt their shoulder. You need to go on right now. And you're like, okay, you know, so really look at who's around you, um, see what really works for them and, and just and copy them. I know like we're like kind of taught in school not to copy that like plagiarism is bad in this sense it is not bad at all look at what they're doing see what works and then um work it into how uh works best for you that's what that sparks the question in my brain do you ever mm -hmm. wish that like you could go back on your decision of being a swing or do you think that this is like something that really fits like you as a person yeah, well, I mean, the decision wasn't up to me. It's it's up to the casting director. Okay. So it's it's up to you whether you want to accept the role or not. It's a lot of work, but there's a lot of perks too. I mean, if you're the type who does not want to be stuck in one track, um, especially in a show like this where it's incredibly physical, if you can't sustain that, then being a swing is a really good option because you get to honestly take a break from doing certain things that are very strenuous on your body. Um, there's a lot of people who have, you know, been injured in this show and a lot of people who will be injured in the future. And that's just a reality of theater in general. You know, things are going to go wrong when there's a lot of choreography and stunts um, and what we call like extraordinary risk. Um, and if, if you can, you know, if you can do that every day, um, then great. If, if you want more of like a variety, you know, they say variety is the spice of life, then a swing track is great, you know? And you also, for better or for worse, you get a pay bump whenever you go on for uh, one of your characters. So you have your, your contract, your, um, we're on a principal contract, but every time I go on for someone, I get an eighth of our their salary. So we do eight shows a week. So I get, you know, an extra bump of a show. I basically get their day's worth of salary added to my daily salary. So it pays. It really does pay. But it, it takes a lot of work. Wow. I didn't know that that's how, like, being a swing worked. I thought it was something completely different. So. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're cast just like anybody else. Um, speaking of being cast in shows... If you mm -hmm. could pick any role in any show that you want to play, what would it be? Oh, my God. That is such a great question. Um, Ariel in The Tempest. Yeah. That, that role is, is phenomenal. That would be a very cool show to do. Yes. Or Puck. Puck and Midsummer would be great, too. We just did Midsummer. Did you really? What, what were y'all? Um, neither of us were in it because both of us are techies. Yeah. But oh, our puck was fantastic. And so was everyone else. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Cool. I really want to know. 
because yeah. I know that I do this from time to time. So sorry, Ben. Um, but have you ever stolen a prop from a show after it closed? And if so, what was the prop? Oh my God, absolutely. You should, if you can do it and, and be okay and like, you know, stealing is not okay. No. That being said, <laughs> if you pour your blood, sweat and tears into something and you know that they're never going to use something ever again, I think it's okay. Um, and yes, I have. I've actually uh, taken a prop from this, an iteration of this show in San Francisco. So, and they were never going to use it again. It was literally like left behind, like on the floor. And I was like, okay, it, it was a ring. Uh, okay. It was like just like a cheap little ring, you know. Um, stealing is not, I'm not, I'm not condoning stealing. It's not a good look. But again, if you pour your blood, sweat, and tears into something, I think you might be due. I think you might be due. I mean, is it really stealing if they were never going to use it again? Correct. Yes. Is it stealing if it's going to end up in the dumpster? I think not. Exactly. What would your dream show to tech on be? And what do you tech? Oh. Okay, so... I am in the tech program and I do literally any job I'll get, but I'm going yes. for a directing degree. Ooh. And I have always wanted to direct Alice by Heart. I don't know if Wonderful. you know that show. Oh, you do? Yes. I, I do, I think. I'm obsessed. It's Alice in Wonderland, but grown up and placed in the midst of World War II. It's so cool. Yes, I do know this. That's fantastic. That would be so much fun. I think I've got two answers for this because um, when I was a lot younger and just starting out doing theater, um, the old theater, like it wasn't really a company. It was more just like we run out of a church and put on place to come see them. Um, They did. I never saw another butterfly. And I wasn't allowed to audition or run tech for it or anything because I was too young. And it was like a really hard topic for a lot of people. That makes sense. And I think I would love to be able to have some like help on that show if the opportunity ever came across again. Oh, yeah. And I think my second answer was I would love to be a puppeteer for for the um oh my god for Audrey too in Little oh, Shop of that Horrors. Would be so much fun for I, Little Shop. Mm-hmm. I've seen it live twice at the Stratford yeah. Theater Festival, and yes. I would love to do that. It just it seems like it would be so much fun. Super cool. There's so there's a show. If you like puppeteering, there's a show called Ocean at the End of the Lane that is in the West End. I think it. it I don't know if it's still there. I don't know if it's going to come to Broadway. But it's by um, Neil Gaiman, who did um, the Sandman, the new that Netflix show that just came out. It, it was a graphic novel first. He's a fantastic writer, um, and they turned one of his books into a play, and. Anything like that really kind of like gets me like raring to go because anything fantasy, you know, sci-fi that becomes theater, I'm all about it. Because I feel like that's still such a genre that isn't really tapped into all that often, in, in especially in a commercial way. So if you like puppeteering, Ocean at the End of the Lane, really, really cool show. I'll have to check that out. Let's see if I can get a... get. 
like into a show. So. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay, so we are going to jump to a new topic a little bit and start talking about your time at Academy. And our first question always is what led you to join the Academy? Oh, my gosh. Honestly, I I started out through FPAC, and that kind of really set me off um, through theater. I I started out at at Heights Youth Theater just in terms of, like, getting into theater as a kid, and then... You know, FPAC became a thing, and that's when uh, Tom kind of reached out and started passing out these little flyers. And actually, Shaker Heights High School, where I went to, they were not in the consortium of schools. And literally every day, I'm not even kidding, like for a month, I would call my um, counselor, my student counselor at Shaker Heights. And I was like, please, you need to let me do this program. I I need to be in this program. It's going to be amazing. This would really help me. And I finally broke her down. Like no one from Shaker was, you know, included in this, in this program. Um, And until I finally broke her down and I got her to get us transportation there too. But yeah, we, um, that's really what got me started into it. Just a, a simple flyer. Now, I do have to ask, mm-hmm. who who is your favorite teacher here at the Academy? Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is probably, I mean, you probably get this a lot, but it's Tom. I mean, Tom is like such, such a phenomenal, you know, human being. And he, um, he really, really set a mood for for a level of professionalism there that he would bring into a space. He made you want to treat theater with grace and, and looking at it as a viable way of, uh, you know, work and, you know, seeing, seeing how his life played out, you know, it was very clear that it, you could, you could do that. Whenever we felt like we needed sort of like a jolt of energy, and this is the power of theater, it's sort of this like giving and taking, you know, of energy between the audience and, and the performers and everyone who is putting their, their heart into the piece. And Tom would stop class at like random moments and he would pull out his King Lear and he would just be like, blow winds and crack your cheeks. And we would all just like freak out because for us, it was like this like rock star moment of like, oh my God, we just like broke into this, you know, crazy, you know, uh, character in like the middle of class. And it gives you that sort of jolt of energy. It's like that give and take um, of energy that, that we all kind of crave and I think need at points in life to just sort of keep going on. Um, and yeah, we would all cheer. We would go crazy for it. We loved it. That sounds like good old Grandpa Tom. Papa Tom! <laughs> I think we're starting to run out of time, but I do have one last question I want to ask, which is what yeah. was your favorite memory from Academy? I don't know if it's like one single memory. It's sort of this like, is the word amalgamation of like, of it all, where we were really given 
the freedom to do what we knew at the time to be best. And, you know, Tom laid out sort of this toolbox. He would often talk about, you know, what is in your actor toolbox, this, you know, like thing that you have. And really what was in that toolbox uh, um, is what we got to use throughout our time there. And I think the, the clearest moment that comes to mind is in The Three Sisters. Um, that was definitely a highlight show for me while I was there. Um, we made this house and we made this family and it was so strong and so solid and so like a family where there's moments of like bickering and, you know, getting on each other's nerves and then these moments of love. And in particular, there was a scene in the show where everyone has sat down to dinner and we legitimately had a dinner on stage with everyone. And there must've been like 10 or 11 of us sat around this table on stage with a full meal in front of us. And we were living, you know, and, and breathing with the text and to be able to create something like that, that felt like a real home on stage and for the audience to take in as well was so special. So I, you know, I think that that was probably the most, you know, memorable moment that, that comes to mind. I love that. That's what we also did a production of, uh, the three sisters. Fantastic. Last year. Yeah. I think the last question that I have for you is what's one piece of advice that you would like to give to um, people who are in Academy, coming to Academy, or are trying to start their lives as actors in any way, shape, or form? I thought this might be a question that comes up, and I was like kind of racking my mind as to how to describe it. Um, the way that I would say, um, uh, unless you have, you know, the opportunity where you don't have to worry about money, that's great. You know, use every opportunity that you have uh, in your arsenal. That's that's totally cool. If you don't, like I did not, find a job or something that can support you enough that you can totally back away from and, and not be invested in at all, where you can audition for things, you can self-sustain, because like it or not, you're going to be in, in one of, if you're going into this career, you're likely going to be in either, you know, Chicago, New York, or LA. And those are expensive cities. There's no getting around it. So finding a financial, you know, avenue, something that you can do that'll support you, streams of income, you know, side hustles, things like that, that are going to keep you afloat and not drain you. There are so many jobs that just straight up drained me and, and really made it hard to audition for things. So if you can find a job where you are happy enough, where you're making enough money, like don't settle. That's what I'll say. Don't settle on just any old job. Um, and, and that you can just, you know, really have a good relationship with, with whatever team you're on to say, hey, I need to go out audition for this. This is a big opportunity for me. I need to take a week away from this job so I can go to New York and go to callbacks. So finding, finding you know, a source of income, um, you know, a safe source 
that that can supply you with what you need to to continue on this path. Because once you break through, I promise you, once you break through and you start to like, you know, get work, things become a lot easier. Um, So I'll say, don't settle. Don't just settle on any old job. Find something that's really going to supply you with, you know, enough emotional uplift and buoyancy and enough cash flow where you can really audition for for what you love to do and find work in what you love to do. Got it. That is great advice. Now, in our last few minutes, this is mm-hmm. your chance to make a shameless self-plug. That means anything you want to share with people, socials, go see your show, whatever it is, this is your chance. Awesome. Um, shameless plugs. Come see Harry Potter. It's a fantastic show. Uh, I'm not in it every day because I'm off stage swing, but you know it's it's a fantastic show. It's I think it's a piece of theater that deserves to be seen. It lives up to the hype. Um, I don't have any social media, y'all. I deleted it years ago. Can I say one last bit of advice? If you can lose the social media, I know that it's so tempting, but honestly, y'all. It is. It can be so poisonous and vicious. And I deleted my social media four years ago before I even booked this show. If you if you can believe it, you know everyone wants to think like you need to have a following, and that's great if you can. And if you can commodify social media, perfect. But if you can get away from it and and discover you know different avenues of connecting with people, go for that. Honestly, you will have stronger connections. You'll make better friends. Um, and I, I think you'll live a happier, less ADD-filled life, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Well, we have absolutely loved having you on the show. Y'all are amazing. Thank you. You're amazing. What? <laughs> That is all the time we have for questions today. We loved getting to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time to join us, Nick. And we hope you have a great practice tonight. Thank you so, so much. Have a lovely day. Thank you. This is super cool what y'all are doing. Keep it up. And um, yes, peace out, Academy. Love you guys. Coming up, we will be re-releasing our 2020 production of the Academy's radio play of A Charles Dickens Christmas Carol, starring Tom Fulton and the class of 2021 and 2022. Look for those episodes on our podcast channel to be released on December 21st. And join us again in January when we have Academy alum Clara Pokopek to share about her career in the drone show industry. Thank Thank you for coming to our Tech Talks. Bye. Bye!